I think the hot dog people got with the bun people to put a different number in each one, so you have to buy more of it. That's what this is. What it is, what it do. This is Ramblin', your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. I hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. It may be the offseason, but the Rams are on, online, as they continue with their virtual meetings. Joining me today, she's the jack of all trades, or Jane of all trades, if you will. She breaks the mold. She likes math, people. You can find her all over NFL Network, breaking down NFL data science and numbers. She also runs marathons and loves dogs. And I love that I was able to get her on the podcast. Cynthia Freeland, welcome, my friend. Woohoo! Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to be back. I mean, we're not sitting close to each other, but I feel like it's back in the good old days when we used to work together. Yeah, we, she was my desk buddy. She sat literally next to me at ESPN. <laughs> like candy at that desk. I oh, ate a man. lot of candy at that desk. So much candy. That was, those were the good days. Um, but now we're both working in the NFL, and that's fun too. So let's get to it. The Rams preseason schedule came out this week. We've got Saints, Chargers, Broncos, and then Raiders. I know there's always fun banter around like whether starters should play or not in the preseason, made popular the past, past few seasons by uh, Sean McVay opting to keep out a handful of starters from playing preseason. So Cynthia, I'm just curious if you have found any proof or numerical backing to this idea. I'm just going to throw it out there. I assume probability wins here, right? Like you don't play less chances of injury. You know, you'd think that's the case. However, there are some exceptions to this rule. All right. Players like the O-line, they mm-hmm. need to actually play because mm-hmm. you need to get that chemistry and those sets, so the run blocking and pass blocking sets. The more reps you get doing those in unison, the better off the team tends to be. So certain positions along the trenches it is actually beneficial to have that chemistry and standing next to each other you're right it is true that more reps equals greater chance for her injury because it's the law of probability however think about how many more people could get injured if the o-line didn't work together you know what and that's a good point because like matt has heard this eight gajillion times since we've started this podcast but i always I'm like, the O-line is such an unsung hero. And, you know, the fact that the Rams kind of brought back a guy like Andrew Whitworth, I think is such a huge thing because I'm like, bro, we need to keep things gelling here in in lack of a better words. And so, you know, we've got someone like Jared Goff who loves to, you know, throw the deep pass down. So, like, we want to protect him as much as possible. So, yes, I would agree. Like, the O-line – Shout out to all the O-linemen out there who really just don't get enough credit. I did like a deep, deep dive study on Andrew Whitworth. So I, I've been all over the Andrew Whitworth. He's like my favorite. So for me, he's like an archetype, right? Give us some insight on this Andrew Whitworth deep dive here. So when he came over to the, to the Rams from Cincinnati, people were like, he's old. He's going to be not good. And they should, whatever, all the, all the, the normal things you hear. And then, by the way, that season, he just, you know, crushed it. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, true, he is getting older. Sure, yes. However. We all are. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ain't that the truth? But ultimately it's your ability to, and I'm sure I can't quite quantify this, but what I've heard from Sean McVay and others is just, you know, the ability to teach the other guys what to mm-hmm. do as well, hugely important, especially you saw like the importance of play action passes two seasons ago, for example, or mm-hmm. you know, adapting to different running backs in different, there's a lot of different ways that an O-line, they, they, they don't get talked about enough from like a, you know, the, people only, it feels like you only hear about the O-line when people are like, they're overpaid. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I don't really know too many that are overpaid. Yeah, totally. And the the, the crazy part about them is that they never want the credit. They're like, no, it's fine. I'm cool. I'm just, you know, using my body to sacrifice for others. It's not a big deal. Um, So you and I have been looking at the toughness of schedules for teams around the NFL. And you um, actually requested that I look at the toughness of schedule for the NFC and for the Rams specifically. So I had made an argument recently that the toughest stretch for the Rams regular season is right after their week nine bye. So they get, get this, they face the Seahawks at home. Then they fly to Tampa, to face uh, the Bucks, who ranked fourth in points scored last season, and that guy Tom Brady just joined them. Then they come back and face uh, the NFC champs, the 49ers, and then they go to Arizona, and I mentioned this, Cliff Kingsbury's backyard could practically host its own Super Bowl, so you don't want to sleep on them either. Um, just curious, Cynthia, like, what do you think of the Rams' schedule during that stretch in general and just the overall NFC, as a, NFC West as a whole? So let's start with the West as a whole first, because I have it as when I do these, like when I look for my four game stretch to like model after it, right? Like you look for historical data, like, you know, how many times you obviously, you know, there are several teams, I think four teams that have three away games right in a row, three can that's difficult that the Cardinals are one of those teams. So between how good all of the teams are top to bottom in the NFC West and some scheduling dynamics that are pretty tricky, um, I actually think this is going to be the hardest one to win, but the one that's most likely to have two playoff representatives. So, okay. So two people are going, and right now I have the Niners on top, and actually I'm not going to make your, your pod people happy, but I actually have the Cardinals number two. However, the difference between two and four right now in terms of win totals is less than a half of a game. So when you do win totals, the percentages, remember, you know, every week it's not a 50-50 chance to win. It's not, right? So you have to remember that if you steal a few of those games, like you pointed out, those difficult games, maybe you're not favored in them. Maybe it's 60-40. So uh, you're on the 40 side of that. And then instead you'd get the 60. So, you know, it's, it's all a matter of like, you know, that, that's why it's, you feel it as the season goes on. You know who the underdog is. You know who yeah. is favored, right? Yeah. So ultimately this division is, it's anyone's game. And those division games are really what's going to be the difference maker. Have you noticed just the NFC West is still the toughest division in the NFL? Is that, are we still in that situation here? 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the toughest, but it's, again, like I said, the most likely to have two playoff representatives. Not surprised there. Um, we're way too early into this, but I know you're probably Never. already thinking about it. Um, <laughs> maybe from your numbers from last season, I'm not sure, but I just would love to get what Ram or Rams should we have our eyes on leading into this coming season? Well, I think the appropriately named Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) So that's it's corners are very interesting. You already have, I guess, I guess this, this is because Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Like that's like, you know, 
He's good. <laughs> Pretty good, right? So w- when you look to see Aaron Donald, like what is the thing that helps make Aaron Donald be even more impactful? And how do the front and the back of the defense work together? Because if they're working together, then you have the optimal situation against the pass. And by the way, you're going to see passes a lot. The league's a passing league. You have a lot of passing teams. Like so it's not like, you know, the Niners do run a lot, right? But they also pass. So ultimately looking at the configuration of who's in the back and who's in the front and can we get, can you get that chemistry that you had that really supports what the offense is trying to do? Because I don't know if Sean McVay will, you know, take the same steps as we've seen him take in the past, right? It looked like a different offense last season than the season prior. So making best use of his assets is probably the passing game. Well, you know what happens when you're good in the passing game. That also means teams have to pass against you in order to win because you can't, you know, think about it. It's slow to run. If you're playing an even game, you have to be balanced. And then if you're playing from behind, the team will pass. So to me, can you get that corner situation really locked down so that you can get optimal Aaron Donald because he gets double and triple teamed all the time. And if you make people wait, that guy, he jumps off the line of scrimmage fastest next gen stat says 0.88 seconds that's how long it takes him to get over the line of scrimmage fastest among any interior defender have you seen that he posted just a little bit of his ab workout like i am ready to run a 4-4 because i'm gonna go and do the aaron donald ab workout i'm like this must be the key that's crazy that is so fast what is that compared to like the next guy like is aaron donald just like he gone (laughs) yeah no he's gone so think about like, I know it sounds like a very small difference, but think about one second mm-hmm. as a nice above average number, right? Yeah. So like good, very good players are about one second. So yeah. he's 0.12 seconds faster, which, you know, think about the combine when you're running the 40, those tiny increments of a second are huge, right? So think about one is good, you know, nine in the mid nines is very, very good. And he's eight, eight. Jeez. Yeah. I'm like one second is fast. So Yes, right. I can't even, like, boom. We already lost, like, five seconds on this podcast. <laughs> Thinking about a second. It's All five right. offensive so, lines that Aaron Donald has gotten through. Yeah, already. Um, all right, our next segment is what makes me happy. In addition to that, because that's a very cool number, um, wide receiver Cooper Cup and his wife Anna donated $15,000 worth of Nike products this week to support some students in Inglewood home of SoFi Stadium, um, and all these students, about 23 students, um, will be getting a mix of shirts and pants and uh, shoes and sweatshirts, all thanks to the Cup family. It just makes me really happy. I don't know if you have any additional information on Cooper Cup, who had the comeback season of, like, ever. I mean, dude just came back, and it was like, oh, man, you weren't hurt the season before. That never happened, right? Yeah. So the fun thing, I like looking at who earns first downs, right? Because that chain's moving. And what does it take for a drive to continue or a touchdown to happen? You've got to keep the ball, right? So the person who earned the most first downs through the air on third down was? Cooper Cup. (laughs) Cooper Cup. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. That also makes me happy. Also, just want to throw this out there before we move on. Uh, I think Josh Reynolds has the highest uh, yards per target which was interesting when people are saying that, like, looking for who's going to be the new deep threat. I think Josh Reynolds is, like, 14 yards per target. And then, like, even Brandon Cooks was, like, 11 or 12. So I think we've got a deep threat already in the bank. People sleep on Josh Reynolds, man. They sleep on that guy. But 
I mean, you're hanging with you last season. It was Brandon cooks and Cooper cup and Robert Woods. Like you, you, who, where are you going? But like Josh was in there every time they needed him. He was like, I'm cool. I'm coming in. And to me, I don't know if the, like, it's hard mentally to be like, okay, I'm, I might go in. Okay. Like you're that dog. That's like, are you going to throw the ball? You're going you're going now. Okay. You're like, it's hard to be like that. That's difficult. Cynthia's like, I'm not Robert. I'm not a Josh Reynolds. I'm just, I just wanted to play the numbers game too. No, yeah. I love, no, no. Matt came through. <laughs> no, I'm obviously all in. No, I, I think, look, I think you have a really smart head coach over there. So I'm guessing that he already has this solved, right? Like, I think he, I think he, I think he knows. And I think you might be right about that, Josh. So maybe that's like a secret fantasy football, like note that you yeah. just keep to yourself or tell everyone else. Stop telling everyone. I'll just edit it out of the podcast. Yeah, okay, don't sorry. tell people this. I'll edit it right here. <laughs> Quickly, news around the NFL Baker Mayfield is one of the most vocal players in the league, but this may be the last time we hear from him. He spoke to reporters this week and he said, it's just time to work, do our thing instead of talking about it. This is the first media thing I've done just because there's no need to be talking about it. Do we like this new Baker? I just, I love that this man will talk. I'm like, go do your thing, man. Go speak your mind. You know, I think that like, you can only hold a good man, a good talker down so long, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a coach, there's a new GM, there's a new, and it's his like third coach, you know, there's a lot of, like, a lot of change and it's Corona. So it's not like he's had all the normal press conferences that they have. So I think, you know, I think he is gonna, I, I think we'll hear some chirping, but not yet. You know, like he's, he's saving it. He's saving it for us. I like this. Save it for like deep in the season when we're like, yeah, this is when we want Baker to talk, right? That's good. Let's go. <laughs> uh, outside of Eli Manning joining Twitter, which is very exciting for me, um, I've been very excited about seeing stadiums uh, in like uh, different stadiums, not just NFL stadiums, you being reutilized for drive-in movie theaters. Uh, the Dolphins did this recently. So the big question here is what are the best movies for drive-ins? And what are the worst ones? I mean, I feel like you just can't put in like a sad movie because you're going to go home crying. That's terrible. You want to see that in the you know privacy of your own home. I think you either need to go with a good rom-com yeah. or like a scary movie. One or the other. <laughs> Where you're stuck in your car and then someone's like, ah! And then they have people like running around, like tapping on your car. You're like, oh. Well, and like so I, growing up in Missouri, like the only drive-in movie theaters are in like these very heavily wooded areas. So there, yeah, no chance I'm gonna be caught watching a scary movie out there. No chance. It's so funny. I think it's so funny. It makes me so funny. You're like, oh, it's terrifying. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. You just have a bunch of like defensive linemen running around the the, the drive-in movie theater, like ah. You're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, great. Aaron Donald, suit up. I'm going to make this happen. All right, Matt, it's time for your time. My time. <laughs> All right, we have Serena's socially distant social segment, and I know you're an analytics person, so I wanted to play a little game with numbers, but I haven't taken a math class since high school, so I dumbed it down so my tiny little brain can handle it. I found some statistics. Apparently, I didn't take English either. Can't even say statistics. Statistics that I thought were interesting, and I want you to just give me a number that you think is accurate, and Serena, you'll tell me if – you think the answer is higher or lower than what she guesses. Sound good? Okay. Okay. Starting easy-ish. How many cows does it take to supply the NFL with a year's worth of footballs? 
wow. Okay, so there's probably about, I think there's gonna be five footballs per cow. I don't know how, how much, how much you can, I, I don't know. It's kind yeah, of, I don't know how much we, we, so I'm guessing, and there's what, 256 games. So, you know, uh, you know, let's call it 300 games. So you got the playoffs to yeah. 300 times five balls. I think, you know, 1500, 1500 cows. Oh man. I'm going to go, I'm going to go that that's, I'm going to go that it's lower. I'm just hoping the cow community is not being utilized as much. So it's actually 3,000. So I'm guessing your math is pretty close. It's probably just 10 balls per cow if we're going at that rate. That's crazy. Where do you find this stuff? I know. I was like, that's like, it's lower. That's funny because now, you know, I'm going to be thinking about balls per cow. You know, that's like, I'm never going to look at a cow the same way again. Yeah, I don't know why it's called pigskin, but it comes from from. Cow. I know. I was like, "What about the pig?" No, it's a it's a fallacy. Uh, all oh, right. All right. How much did the Baltimore Colts pay to make a long distance call to free agent Johnny Unitas? Okay, so I'm guessing. Long, okay, we gotta go. That was, you know, may I ask what year? That yeah, was? give us a year. Uh, 1956. 1956. Okay. All right. So here's my logic. 1956. I'm guessing a long distance phone call was 15 cents. It wasn't a quarter because it was like a quarter in our lifetime. And yeah, yeah. 15 cents is my, is my guess. So it was probably 15 cents a minute. They probably talked, I don't know. They probably talked for 10 minutes. You got, you got to, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 150 cents. Dollar fifty. Buck fifty. I'm gonna say higher. I'm gonna just go higher because I went lower last time. Okay, so you were My off logic. by half last time, and you were off by twice as many this time. It was eighty cents. 80 so you're cents. You're so close. She's very good, and I'm off both times because I don't do math. He's up two zero so. on you right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so so precise. <laughs> uh, in two thousand. The Chargers rushed for a record low 1,062 yards as a team. How many other runners had more than that on their own that year? Oh. The number was 1,600. What is it? 1,600. 1,062. Okay, 1,062. So how many people had 1,100 or more yards as an individual in 2000 when, the, when it was far more rushing E than it is now? That's a word. Yeah. Rushing E. Rushy, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna guess that there were. I think I think a third of the. I think a third of, a fourth of the league probably had so eight teams, eight per, eight people. So one person on on a fourth of the league, eight people. Can I just like even that? Like I think yes. You want to push? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. you both missed that one. It was 19. Whoa. 19. Charges. What a what a different era, era. of league that was. Jeez Louise. Okay. Uh, when the Seahawks held a name the team contest, they received over twenty thousand submissions. How many unique names were among those? Okay, twenty thousand submissions. <laughs> Gotta figure people have some friends. There are only a finite number of. I bet you they received. 
let's go for, ah, uh, I feel like it's going to be a higher number because you, what, 20, 20%. So for, I, let's go with uh, 4,000. 4,000. 4, I'll go under. I just, people are weird, you know? <laughs> Serena gets on the board, 1,742. Yes. <laughs> I love my, like, non-math logic. I'm just like, Perfect. people are weird. That's <laughs> people are weird, totally. Uh, okay, for the last one, I'll step into a different category because I heard you like dogs. What percentage of people have pictures of their pets for their phone or computer background? Oh, that's good, Matt. What percentage of people? So I feel like a person who, okay. I think probably people are lazy, so not a lot of people put backgrounds. Look at mine. <laughs> lazy. Um, so I'm going to guess that like only 30% of people put out backgrounds, period. But I think a decent number of them are dog people. So I'm going to say 20%. Ooh. It can be any pet, too. It doesn't have to just be dogs. Oh. oh. Any pet? Any pet. 25. There's some weird reptile people out there, you know? Oh, my gosh. Weird reptile people. Yeah. You know what? I'm trying... I can't, like, I, I'm trying to think, okay, non-math in me, like, would I put a picture of my dog on my phone? That's likely, you know? So, but I don't really count any of this. This isn't going to add to the logic of this at all. Uh, I'm going to go higher than 25%. Over. Serena blows the chance to tie it. It's 11%. That's much lower than I expected. What is wrong with you guys? You've got to put a dog on your phone. What else do you do? I feel like you got to remember too, like probably roughly. I feel like Cynthia has 30%. a picture that she doesn't even have a dog and she probably has a dog as her background. I have a picture of a stadium. You have a picture of a stadium as your background? It won't turn on, but yeah. Oh, that's stadium, nice. Which one is it? What stadium is it? It's a fake stadium. Oh, it's black. Screen. Oh, it's a fake stadium. Oh, a fake stadium. That's cool though. That. Like, I feel like I would put a dog, but I also keep it pretty simple because I don't want, actually, I have a cactus on my background right now. It's very LA. I don't know. All right. We're going to keep it moving. Our last segment, say what? So there are a lot of things that were said this week on video calls, and you can check all those things out on therams.com. But I'm going to give it this week to Taylor Rapp because he had the best quote about bicycle seats. He was featured in a piece by The Athletic uh, for doing a 10,000 calorie workout. And I'm taking a piece of the, the article here, but over 17 hours, rapping childhood friend Austin Shenton, a minor league infielder uh, in the Mariner system, they got on their bikes, they rode for 125 miles, gaining, losing 7,300 feet of elevation along the way. I mean, this was crazy. The pair also hiked and they ran seven miles. They swam for 1.25 miles. They started at 4.30 in the morning. They finished at 9.09 p.m. And they melted away more than 10,000 calories each. That's all crazy. But my favorite quote from the week goes to Taylor Rat because he brings up something I wish we talked more about. The quote is, I don't know why they don't make seats, bike seats, more comfortable, Rap said. My butt and my glutes hurt so bad, it was like I was sitting on a stone. Say what? Cynthia, 
why have we not updated bike seats? <laughs> I'm totally with him on that. Everyone talks about their Peloton, and I'm sure they love their Peloton. I know they do. And they talk about their bikes and see the beach cruisers here in LA. And I say, it hurts. It hurts badly. And those shorts to try to fix it. It makes no sense. No sense. I'm they put you. pads on the shorts to help with the bike seat. Fix the bike, fix the problem. We're adjusting for a thing. We, I mean, we got 5G, guys. We have 5G and we can't even sit on a bike correctly. Nope. Matt, you have anything it, to it, add? I mean, I feel like it's just like, it's like, uh, I'm not going to use brand names because I don't want to get in trouble, but like when you make a new product and then you have to make an adapter for your new product to keep continuing to do what it was already doing, you know, like that's, that's the bike seat pant conundrum. I mean, look, I think it's interesting. Every time, every time, you, like, I think they're, they, you remember in, do you remember the movie? I might be dating myself with this one, but do you okay. remember the movie Father of the Bride? Yes. Steve Martin. And he goes to the grocery store and he gets really mad because he's like, I think the hot dog people got with the bun people to put a different number in each one. So you have to buy more of it. That's what this is. They're just trying to get us to buy more stuff. I have the same problem with chips and salsa. I always run out of one first, and then I got to get more to get the other. It's just back and forth. Exactly. Seesaw. You know what? I'm going to end it there. It's a wrap. That's it. We got chips in the bag. Uh, Another episode of Ramblin' in the books. Make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, as we're going to be bringing you more episodes throughout the offseason. And Rams fans, don't forget if you want more all things Rams, we've got another official Rams podcast led by J.B. Long. It's called Rams Revealed. And this week's guest is Rams rookie defensive back Terrell Burgess. So until then, stay safe and healthy, my friend. Cynthia, thank you. Thank you.